This is the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. The podcast for curious and passionate dental hygienists. Kara RDH here, and I want to thank Listerine for sponsoring this podcast audio article. Although Listerine Antiseptic is the most extensively tested over-the-counter mouth rinse in the world, with over 30 long-term clinical trials examining its safety and efficacy, there is still some misinformation out there over the uses of mouth rinses containing alcohol. To help understand the safety of alcohol-containing mouth rinses, in case any patients ask you about it, head on over to rdh.tv slash Listerine Safety. That's rdh.tv slash Listerine Safety. The link is also in the description of this audio article. And please note, although a sponsor of this audio article, Listerine and Johnson & Johnson Consumer Inc. had no input into or control over the content being presented in this podcast. Now let's get to the audio article. An Overview of Monkeypox for Dental Hygienists and Other Dental Professionals by Spring Hatfield, RDH, BSPH. Editor's Note. The current monkeypox outbreak is an ongoing situation. We've made every attempt to ensure this article is up to date at the time of publication, July 3, 2022, but some information may have changed since publication. Please visit cdc.gov for the latest news and information on monkeypox. Monkeypox is a member of the pox viridae family of viruses, an enveloped DNA virus that replicates in the cytoplasm of cells. The most well-known member of the pox viridae family is smallpox, which was a devastating disease before its eradication on May 8, 1980. With the recent rise in monkeypox cases worldwide, knowing the signs and how to navigate prevention in the dental setting during the outbreak is crucial to the safety of patients and dental professionals. The best way to do that is through a better understanding of the disease itself. Monkeypox outbreak. Though this may be the first time you've heard about monkeypox in the United States, and in some other countries as well, this is not the first outbreak in this country. In 2003, 47 confirmed cases of monkeypox spread across six states. This outbreak was traced back to pet prairie dogs that were in contact with small mammals from Ghana. This was the first reported outbreak of monkeypox outside of Africa. A major difference between the 2003 and current outbreaks is that there were no human-to-human transmissions during the 2003 outbreak. An additional concern regarding transmission is the very real possibility of the virus establishing an animal reservoir, the host in which the pathogen usually persists, outside of Africa, leaving monkeypox as a constant concern in countries that previously had very few to no cases. The spread of the virus within humans and possibly animals allow for mutations that could lead to endemicity. These are the concerns of health officials and epidemiologists as the outbreak continues. Monkeypox transmission. To better understand the significance and length of any infectious disease outbreak, knowing the R0, R0 of the infectious disease is imperative. The R0 indicates how infectious the disease is. The goal to end an outbreak is to have the R0 at or below 1. In the past, monkeypox has been estimated to have an R0 of around 1, indicating that any outbreak should end on its own with minor intervention and mitigation efforts. However, the recent outbreak has perplexed scientists and epidemiologists as it seems to be growing rather than burning out on its own. Human-to-human transmission was considered rare, but the sheer magnitude of the spread of monkeypox during this outbreak indicates something has changed, not necessarily with the virus, but possibly environmental factors. The official R0 of monkeypox is debated, but it's estimated to be 0.6 to 1.0 for the Congo Basin clade. 
However, there's currently no estimate for the West African clade, which is the clade circulating in the U.S., even though it's been estimated to be much lower than the Congo Basin clade or not. Studies are underway to understand the transmission rate better. It was previously believed that the only possible transmission of the West African clade would be solely due to zoonotic spillover, cross-species transmission, with the chance of human-to-human -human transmission very unlikely. Modes of transmission have been identified in the past, primarily through animal-to-human contact. Transmission via animals has been identified through scratches, bites, and the consumption of undercooked meat. All animal reservoirs have not been identified. The natural reservoir of monkeypox has yet to be identified. The disease gets its name because it was first identified in monkeys. However, the natural reservoir is thought to be rodents. Human-to-human -human transmission can occur through close contact with respiratory secretions, skin lesions of an infected person, and contaminated objects, including clothing and bedding. Sexual transmission is suspected, but further studies are needed to confirm this mode of transmission. Transmission via the placenta from mother to child has been documented, as well as transmission via close contact with the placenta after birth. I want to caution healthcare professionals from stigmatizing this virus as a sexually transmitted disease that affects one group of individuals. Reports indicate the virus is affecting men who have sex with men at a higher rate than any other group of individuals. However, let us not forget how stigmatizing HIV in this manner led to an epidemic largely due to people refusing to be tested and or receive treatment. Anyone can be affected by monkeypox. Viruses do not pick a certain demographic to infect at a higher rate. This belief is not only inaccurate, but also harmful to efforts to stop the spread of the virus. The only requirement for acquiring monkeypox is to be a vertebrate. One aspect of good news regarding monkeypox is that it has a relatively low infection fatality rate. The exception to this is, unfortunately, children and immune-compromised individuals. The case fatality ratio recently has been estimated between 3% and 6%. However, it can range from 0% to 11%. In comparison, the smallpox case fatality ratio was 30%. The incubation period ranges from 5 to 21 days, but the most common incubation time is 6 to 13 days. Monkeypox symptoms consist of fever, headaches, chills, muscle aches, exhaustion, swollen lymph nodes, and a rash. The rash begins one to three days after symptom onset. The rash progresses through stages, starting at macules and then progressing through papules, vesicles, pustules, and crusts before falling off. The rash lasts from 7 to 14 days. The rash affects the face, palms of the hands, soles of the feet, oral mucosa, 70% of cases, genitalia, and conjunctivi. The oral lesions have been mistaken for herpes simplex, chickenpox, measles, syphilis, and coxsackie virus, hand, foot, and mouth, demystifying the monkeypox outbreak. The cause of the global outbreak is likely due to a shift in the demographics in the sense that many in the population have not been vaccinated for smallpox. The smallpox vaccine provides protection from monkeypox. The smallpox eradication program ended in 1980, with the vaccination of the American public largely ending in 1972, leaving a large portion of the population naive to and unaware of smallpox, making people more susceptible to monkeypox. Some conspiracy theories are already circulating regarding the development of a monkeypox vaccine. To clarify, there's no specific vaccine for monkeypox, nor is one being developed. This is because the smallpox vaccine is approved for use in preventing monkeypox in adults 18 years and older. It's administered as a two-dose vaccine with four weeks between vaccine doses. People previously vaccinated for smallpox may only require one dose. Booster doses are recommended at two to 10-year intervals, depending on the risk for exposure. 
The United States has a stockpile of this vaccine since public health officials have been concerned that smallpox could be used as a bioweapon. I share this information in the hopes that people will understand the U.S. is not doing anything nefarious. The outbreak is not a political stunt, and securing vaccines to prevent further spread is indeed a responsible public health measure. The likelihood of the U.S. seeing a mass vaccination program, as we saw with COVID, is very slim. The vaccines are currently being used for those with a history of exposure and at increased risk of being exposed. However, this may change in the future as we learn more about the outbreak and if it's determined to be endemic. Additionally, identifying any mutations or animal reservoirs that could easily contribute to another spillover leading to another outbreak may change the protocol. I think it's important for dental professionals to understand new emerging infectious diseases and the public health response that often shifts as we learn new information. So many dental professionals were caught off guard during the COVID pandemic and the changing public health measures. This was not nefarious. The guidance changed as the experts learned more about the outbreak. You may see much of the same if the monkeypox outbreak is not quickly contained. As of the writing of this article, there have been 304 confirmed monkeypox cases across 28 states. Globally, there are 4,769 confirmed cases in 49 countries. On June 23, 2022, a meeting was conducted among the International Health Regulations Emergency Committee members regarding the multi-country monkeypox outbreak. The committee determined the current outbreak of monkeypox does not constitute a public health emergency of international concern, PHEIC. However, the national strategy to manage the outbreak includes a vaccine campaign. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services announced on June 28, 2022, an enhanced nationwide vaccine strategy to mitigate the spread of monkeypox. This strategy is meant to vaccine those at the highest risk of exposure to monkeypox. Almost 300,000 doses of the vaccine will be made available, 56,000 immediately and another 240,000 available in the coming weeks. In addition, 750,000 doses will be made available throughout the summer, and 500,000 doses will be made available in the fall. The current strategy for vaccination targets those who had physical contact with someone diagnosed with monkeypox, those who know their sexual partner was diagnosed with monkeypox, and men who have had sex with men who had recently had multiple sex partners in a venue where there was known to be monkeypox or in an area where monkeypox is spreading. No strategy has been mentioned regarding the vaccination of healthcare workers at this time. However, as mentioned, this may change as experts learn more about the transmission of the virus. Prevention of monkeypox in the dental setting. The WHO has released infection control and prevention for healthcare facilities that include the following. Contact and droplet precautions. Airborne precautions be implemented if aerosol-generating procedures are performed. Disinfection and sterilization of equipment as per national and facility guidelines. And linens, towels, and fabric items should be handled and collected carefully. Essentially, continue the preventative measures that you've been doing for COVID. COVID is certainly more infectious with a higher transmission rate. Therefore, if you're properly following COVID guidelines for prevention, you shouldn't need to change anything for the monkeypox outbreak at this time. New emerging infectious diseases will continue to occur as long as we continue to interact with animals. Spillovers happen and they're not uncommon. Most of the infectious diseases we see in humans originated in animals. A spotlight has now been put on infectious diseases due to the COVID 
COVID pandemic. I think dental professionals should have been paying attention all along to stay aware of outbreaks in their area. Surveillance is ongoing 24-7, 365 days a year for new emerging infectious diseases. This is nothing new, and even though you may not have been aware of it, it's what keeps us all safe and prevents pandemics and other outbreaks. This will not be the last outbreak we see in most of our lifetimes. The more you know, the better you'll be at disease prevention and control. Infectious diseases are only strong if there's a weak link in the infection cycle. Don't be the weak link. Before you leave, check out the Today's RDH Self-Study CE courses. All courses are peer-reviewed and non-sponsored to focus solely on high-quality education. You can learn more by clicking the link in the article on our website. Thank you for listening to the audio article. I want to thank Listerine again for sponsoring this episode and for their recognition of the important role hygienists play in the dental office. I encourage you to check out the Clearing Up Mouth Rinse Misinformation page at rdh.tv slash Listerine Safety. It is a great resource to help understand the safety of alcohol-containing mouth rinses if a patient ever brings it up with you. That's rdh.tv slash Listerine Safety. The link is also in the description. Thank you for listening to the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 